going in line with just how I've been feeling of late, especially when it comes to this podcast. Understand that this podcast is not going to be um, linear. I'll try and make it coherent and linear as possible, but I can't be the only one that's just feeling fucking out of whack, spinning, just like trying my best to cling on to any form of normality and just like peace serenity and like not spiral into a place of panic and like self-loathing and just there's a so worst part about all of this worst part about everything that i feel on a day-to-day and let me not say on a day-to-day like it's every day i feel like this it's just right now that i'm sitting here i feel like this um and i was hoping i'd feel a bit better today has not been a good day at all and i was hoping i'd feel a bit better before i had to do this i actually put it off <laughs> yesterday because i was just not in the space to pod and i'm back here and as i've told you guys come rain sunshine sleet snow you guys will be getting a podcast so without further ado welcome to the donkey's best friend podcast i am your host bobito aka the funk soul brother aka bobito mosquito aka master b aka styles b aka b m x and you are listening to the 31st episode now regardless of how i feel and i'm actually my energy is coming back up but regardless how i feel about doing this um and don't get it twisted never like it's something that i want to do it's just sometimes you ever feel like you don't have it in you to do what you need to do but you have to nonetheless i think that's just a hallmark of being a adult i was about to say a man and i can only relate such feelings to being a man because i can't relate to being a woman does that make sense i hope so but yeah it's part and parcel of being a man and that is no reflection on those of you listening guys as always really great honestly truthfully grateful for everybody who listens to this podcast um yeah honestly thank you so much and yeah we're at episode 31 man just to give you guys an an idea that's 30 weeks of podcasting because the first first episode is on day one is what i consider day one day zero if you call i don't know what you want to linearly call it but so the next week is week one for one week so that's 30 weeks of podcasting and to me that's something really cool but anyway i was talking about just the headspace i'm in currently and i don't think that's going to be much of a recurring topic in this podcast but it is definitely influenced by what will be and you have to imagine that having an hour that i speak and not speaking about the conditions that we find ourselves in in our country the state we find ourselves in as a country would be i don't even know what kind of south african i would be if I didn't like I already had my venting session I like venting session was Monday nights on the blunt conversation guys if you don't know we do an Instagram live 
uh, conversation at on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at half eight. It's me, Blaine the Artist, and Lyle Laik Miguel Surf, and we discuss everything and anything that we feel like. Uh, it's no holds barred, and no holds barred. I think that's how you pronounce it. And we just go, we we go in. Um, so join us one day. I mean, we take guests and just come talk some shit with us but it's never really shit like sometimes there is shit sprinkled all around but more often than not uh, you walk away with something or at least yeah you walk away with something maybe an understanding of yourself maybe you go and reflect on stuff you spoke about and stuff you said and how you said them um, and obviously it gives us a live uh, moment to interact with you guys so it's really cool on my behalf that's how i see it but anyway that was my venting session and i just got off all the well let me rather say a lot of the anger that maybe i felt uh with regards to the situation don't get it twisted my anger has never not even for one moment and this i guarantee you i'm not bullshitting you my anger has not been directed at looters because I understand I understand as much as somebody who comes from as privileged a background as I do who is maybe one generation of privilege I'm the first generation of privilege my father was definitely not privileged as all as most South African or black South Africans or people of color of South African descent um, can can of African descent can 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 relate to that privilege is not something we're used to or 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 um well the privilege is something i'm used to but it's not something my people or my family is used to does that make sense and it's also limited privilege obviously there's there's certain levels of privilege that i don't access based on uh, numerous reasons but i recognize my privilege and not enough i recognize my privilege and oh what with me privilege or like you know i don't know how to describe it but i'm blessed to be in the position that i i'm blessed to have been put in the position that i'm in and given the advantages that my father's life father and mother i speak about it like it was just her mom's put in her work too um that they put that they've they've provided me and when I look, they let me say this: my father and mother have never allowed me to not understand, or allowed me to forget or understand. Have a, I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. My mother and father have never allowed me to forget or fail to understand. There we go. Where they have come from, what it took to get to where they are. And what their ambitions for me are for me and my brother and my sister and just our family in general like my father the head or was um the head of the family and in being the head of the family the response the, the 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 well-being of countless other members of our family lay um like extended family cousins um distant relatives that all lay on his shoulders now whether that be financial whether that be emotional whether that just be guidance 
like as an elder and i believe he played his role as best as somebody who has such a heavy weight on his shoulders could and i don't know why that's relevant i just think you know it shows you it shows you there were moments like in in my father's life that you 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 think about after he's passed after you think about moments and lessons that he taught you and just actions that he put into place long after he's done speaking long after he's in the ground long after he's laid to rest you think about these things both bad and good but the good far outweighs the bad at least that's how i see it and you think about this and you just think like that legacy makes it a lot harder for me to fall short and i don't mean that i don't fall short but when i do fall short it's hard to take and it stays with me as like a i don't know a barrier from certain behaviors and certain actions the older i get especially because i know the 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 importance of that of that morality of that dignity of that accountability of that responsibility just all these things that my father embodied that to me seemed effortless but i can imagine now being a, a man myself that it may not have always been easy it may not always he may not have always been the man that i saw the man that raised me he may not always have been that man but he became that man and perhaps i being me his other children perhaps we played our own role in that in raising his game i, I can't say whether that's the truth or not i i i think it's definitely the truth he lived for us and i don't know like i think i'm getting off topic here but the point if there is if even is a point was i was just i'm taking in what's happening in the country and the looting and i'm starting at the looting just because it is it's it can be a turning point but at the moment it's a pivotal event in our recent history and probably will be looked at we're still going to realize the long-term effects of what's been happening but it is definitely something that simply put as a sad moment and i didn't have the energy or at least i knew that the my oh, maybe not subconsciously maybe or just from my understanding of the world we face as a country last person i was looking to for fault was the looters the last people because obviously or let me not say obviously but from my perspective there may be more and i may as i'm speaking realize more but it seems like there's three types of looters there's your looters who began in protest um for zuma's imprisonment i and i mean i guess because the the lootings are primarily based in kzn and gauteng that has to be 
some form of or let me not say the looting the protest at the very least the protest began in kzn and the uh, unrest civil unrest which evolved into looting now whether those two are go hand in hand i don't know but i think one may have stoked the other even if the other being the mass looting of uh, across the country has very little currently to do with the civil unrest that was um that lay at the feet of zuma zuma's um jailing but when we look at that now we've got those looters then we've got the looters who are looting now why are those two looters those or those groups of looters looting now i believe there's people who are looting purely out of desperation they are hungry they are worried about the future they don't have the security i have and i don't i'm not saying like my security is like in in a situation like this bro where i don't think anybody in very or let me rather say very few people can look at their lives and feel secure and as as people there's very few of us who can live like that i think a lot of us struggle with that idea that tomorrow and i'm not saying tomorrow isn't promised like oh you could die tomorrow which is true we're in a fucking pandemic a medical crisis a health crisis you could die tomorrow you can always die tomorrow but i don't know if you know that that's a part of the feeling of unease that we have but more so your livelihood your way of life your security and the people that you see your routines all gone and it's been gone for over 50 like around 15 16 months bro that's not a joke it's not a fucking joke bro it is insane. like this is the first time i'm probably saying this in like out loud like how i fucking feel like it <sighs> anyway you get but remember i'm talking from a point of privilege i know where my next meal is coming from i know i work from home it's simple or well, not simple but you know what i mean it could be worse way worse and it sometimes allows me to feel or yeah it adds to my feeling of like maybe i'm ungrateful how do i how can i feel so down and out when compare in comparison to the majority of the country many people will switch shoes with me in a heartbeat so it does feel kind of ungrateful to not cherish where i am and don't get it twisted i am grateful for that but i'm still struggling man and i'm not saying every day is a struggle but the days that do swing that way jesus bro they are hell bro they are hell but anyway talking about the looters who are really going through hell really i mean people are dying i saw the last report that i saw was around 130 100 between 130 and 150 people have passed away due to this looting 
I think it was around 40 in, in Joburg and the rest were in KZN. I think I could be wrong about that. But yeah, you get those looters who are looting out of desperation. Then you get looters who are looting out of opportunism. They see a gap and they're taking it. And you would want to be angry at those looters, wouldn't you? This isn't the first time that I'll be speaking about this. And another time I was speaking about this whole situation. And this is the first time, not even the first time I'm speaking about it on a public platform. But uh, another time that I was speaking about this, I lost my temper a little bit. Maybe not lost my temper, but because losing my temper makes it seem like I was ranting, screaming, swearing, that kind of shit. I might have been. I might have been swearing. Um, But as you can hear, I'm swearing now and I'm not really in an agitated state. state. But I was agitated and the reason was uh, I was having a a conversation and it was three of us and one dude was like, listen, I just wish I could have been looting. Like, I, I was actually, like, I was about to go and loot. And then, you know, like, I just I just didn't. But fuck, I wish I did, bro. And at first, like, just as you do, like, when you're having a conversation amongst friends, you don't take everything seriously. So, like, we're just chuckling. But something in me was like, but you're joking, right? Like, you are joking. This is for comedic effect, correct? You're not saying that you really wish you could have been looting. You can't be saying that, right? And he was like, no, dead ass. He wish he was looting. So I kept asking, kept asking, kept at it. Like, yo, bro, you're not serious, right? You definitely aren't serious, correct? He's like, nah, dead ass. And eventually, that's when I kind of lost my temper. And the reason was, the man that I was speaking to, lives or comes at the very least from a very similar point of privilege as me and i'm not saying who i'm not like for me when there's a certain level where as you've got a roof over your head food in your belly clothes on your back opportunity job you know money in your pocket wi-fi just small things that many people would kill for bro many like in they go to sleep dreaming of the life that you have not to say that you don't have debt not to say that you don't have um and you know what i mean but you are definitely in 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 a privileged minority in south africa and he fits under this and hearing him say that he was going to he he wished that he could go and steal from people who have built up a business in South Africa, invested in our economy, invested in our country so that he could satisfy some of his unsatisfied wants. Big ass TV, new phone. In in his own words, brand new shit. His shit. He wanted brand new free shit and he referred to it as his shit and i was so 
like i kept asking like bro i kept bringing up the fact that bro these are people our south african brothers and sisters which also leads me to another idea that like just hurts because i'm at fault of this too and i'll get to that in a second i hope i do get to that let me actually make a little note here just so i make sure I can't. you know what let me fucking stay there because i'm gonna forget and it's very important but i don't think we really mean it the majority of us i don't think we really mean it when we say we're south african brothers and sisters i don't think we really have our i think we're out we're, we're out for ourselves i think we're out for ourselves man i think let me speak from my own perspective but i'm not out to harm or put anybody else's livelihood at risk but and trust me let me let me let me let me let me um play this thought out but i'm not out yeah as i said i'm not out to do anyone harm or to put anyone's livelihood at, at risk and i want the best for everybody i truly do i don't see any benefit in seeing people suffer i don't enjoy it now do i actively try and and help when i see us in a pandemic as i was describing my own feelings of like helplessness at point like i'll never yeah just helplessness and just and ease anxiety all of these things that i'm not a psychologist i the last time i went to i can't remember if it's a psychiatrist or psychologist was when my father passed i am not diagnosed with any kind of mental illness or mental disorder but sometimes you hear these words and you think that might apply to me but yet again i don't like the idea of self-diagnosing because if i really believe it's an issue or something like that i should go and get checked out but anyway my point was with all of this that i feel do i ever have i ever really like you obviously consider or let me rather say i consider my position versus other people's positions and when i see the up like when because you can you can picture it bro especially coming from a financial background you can understand what each of these events do to the economy and do to the little guy you can see it you can see it like linear okay this happens and this causes this effect and this causes this cause and effect just constantly constantly until it gets to the dude on the corner of the road or the dude like you know what i mean you can you can go all the way down the chain of events and you can just see it and you're like holy shit that must fucking suck i don't even understand like what i would do if i was in that situation but do i do anything no i stand by and watch or i don't watch because we're 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 so oblivious in our bubbles that i don't even have to see it if i see it on the news i can change channel like i just don't have to like and i think we're all seeing what our indifference to the suffering of others consistently 
can do because i'm not even like i am specifically talking about the pandemic i am talking about the constant shutting down of economy or of large sections sectors of our economy i'm talking about that but i'm talking about in general as a society we are constantly we have constantly allowed the suffering of others in our society without much noise being made without much action being taken on the greater by the greater portion of our society or the greater portion of privilege in our society those with helping those without it's easy to lay the blame at government and i'll get there i might i might not bro i might not i'm tired of that conversation i won't even lie to you i'm exhausted by that conversation because i don't have the answers i like i've especially recently done a lot of just reading up on how we got here just reminding myself of the steps like becky's presidency or actually going back to and i didn't even take into account the np and like um historically apartheid and that's something i should read go back and read up on not to say that i'm not uh, aware but you know sometimes you have a a a a a a a picture of the larger summarized version of history and sometimes the nitty-gritties play a large large role in your understanding of how we got to where we are maybe that i'll maybe i'll talk about that another podcast it just doesn't feel like i want to today but anyway you think about this us just not really stepping up to the plate and really helping those in need not really pushing that agenda i'm not saying nobody does positive there's people out there who do positive because i see them and i don't know like like i want to say i want to do more but it's like it also feels like it's a bit late for that and, and it's never too late it's never too late definitely feel like definitely have to we're going to have to like there's no two ways about it if we expect this economy to recover in however long it's going to take and remember as i've been constant it's, a con- it's been a constant theme across this podcast for the past few episodes not even few episodes we've got 31 episodes including today probably i can call it a third of episodes this has been a theme the fact that our economy is not it has not been in the greatest state for the longest time in fact i think in becky's presidency was the last time we were experiencing sustained growth or sustained yeah i can't even say sustainable because clearly it wasn't it took and that's fine are we going down this road fuck it let's go down this road for a second I don't know how long we're going to go down this road but how like i think I, i don't know if i alluded to it earlier i think i did when i was speaking about my dad but you know the people are always the, a mirror of their leaders the people are always a mirror of their leaders i believe at the very least and what i mean by that is like and he's been riddled, riddled with corruption since bro nc leaders executive leaders former um um 
former 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 what's it called um struggle leaders our leadership or the people we lead to leaders of 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 commerce just the leaders of this country on a large scale or rather on the 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 the, the, the power concentration and i think it it goes back to that idea of power corrupts does it it has to like it it has to there's no other way for me to look at it anymore like at least from my south african perspective it looks like power corrupts and i'm not saying that that's an excuse but just we have no or very few examples of morality and accountability in our leadership we don't have people who we look at and i'm talking mainly in 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 our in our um our country our country's governance maybe you have an example of a company whose ceo or chairman is an exemplary um example of leadership maybe whoop de do <laughs> I'm so happy for that laugh, bro. Like <laughs> it's it's a light one, but man, like it, it's always it's always a good thing. <laughs> Especially when I start feeling like this, man. But it's talking about leadership and how like we're in we're we're at a serious crisis of leadership here in South Africa, bro. We're at a serious crisis of leadership in our government leaders, in our national ruling party. Like just going through the ANC's history, and not as I said, not pre-apartheid or uh, pre-94 apartheid uh, leadership, but okay, 94. Y'all get the power, voted in first black president or first democratically voted president cool nas mandela how do we get here in 27 years how do we get here and i'm just okay nas mandela i didn't really go into there because i felt like and you know maybe i'll have to read up on his his presidency which was 4 years most of our started reading up on him back his presidency and it seemed as I, as i said sustained growth a real vision maybe misstep here and there but no president no person is perfect but then we see in 19 zuma's first charged with corruption shocker arms deal okay not going to go down the whole train of events but boo first moment of corruption or not first but first national scale moment of corruption as our vice president and have some and as somebody with a high level of support and can i say public goodwill i think so but not in the way that i think we we see it how it how that word is used 
in a Western sense. That's the thing, bro. Like, I've alluded to this article and conversations that I've had recently, but it really was an eye-opener for me. But Helen Zilla had an article in which she described her relationship um, with, with Jacob Zuma. And in this article, she described him being unfailingly warm and humane. She described him being a good person, a good man. Um, she did not excuse his corruption and his political, uh, his political, what's his name? Uh, maybe not even, yeah, political, political career and the pitfalls in it. She did not excuse any of that, but she did, um, she did, she did, she did, she, she says like point and blank don't twist her words and misinterpret her she's stating the obvious that the contempt of court of the constitutional court especially by a former president deserves jail sentence finish and clock however she's speaking more so to the person that he was the fact that he was warm to her that when he she was expelled from her party or attemptedly expelled when they attempted to expel her from her own party he was the first person or one of the first people to uh reach out to her and let her know that yo like you're stronger than this and that like keep your head up like this too shall pass kind of stuff and that's not really what i'm what i'm what i'm describing that that really changed change or let me not say change but added a dimension to my understanding of zuma and that's crazy how i got that from helen zilla how i got that from and i'm not saying trust me i'm one person who respects helen zilla i respect helen zilla immensely even though i do not always agree with everything she says i respect the fact that she her intent is it never seems to be and that that's the thing i could be wrong about this but to me her intent always it always seems to be for the betterment of this country largely for the betterment of this country and she seems to have a a real vested interest in understanding our cultures and she does understand our cultures and understand us as south africans to a, like to such a degree that it's not it it goes adventures past impressive like yeah adventures way far past impressive and in this article she spoke about how she was there um at uh Lhotla, like she was there at the first Lhotla, uh, uh her first cabinet Lhotla, her Lhotla, um as western cape premier i think um and Zuma, as he normally was, was very, um, was very, was very gracious to her, made sure that she felt, uh, comfortable, uh, and just that, you know, like, understand that you, you, like, we will definitely, um, treat you with the utmost respect. But later on, she recounts a moment where, um, uh, or she 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 speaks about Zuma being a traditionalist, purely purely a traditional African man, and it didn't. And she speaks to him, him saying himself, he didn't understand the the base 
the base understand or the base meanings of the constitution or constitutionalism the role of a president she didn't understand that this per- the president being the president of the country meant that your primary role one of your roles that's like like wound up in your duties your primary duty is the protection of the constitution she didn't under- he didn't understand this it was a misalignment she 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 she, she refers to it as that the idea of corruption was a western thing in his mind because if you think about it and she 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 describes it i'm actually going to quote her here directly she says here whenever i went campaigning in a traditional area of south africa under the control of a chief i was first obliged to go and seek permission from the chief and usually bring gift to seek his favor i always felt terribly uncomfortable doing so after all i did not have to ask anyone's permission to exercise a constitutional right anywhere in south africa let alone bring a gift to exchange for that permission so do you see how the ideas already are are are, are misaligned there's traditional values and tradition tradition where if you're going into an area that is ruled over by a chief you must first go to the chief and basically ask for permission and provide a gift of a to 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 receive his favor and as if i can put it as western 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 laws and 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 culture and 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 what's it called um norms have it that's not correct not even western just in the sense of keeping the judiciary and those in power and those those who've been assigned or have the 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 responsibility of the public goodwill that's definitely not the way you want to be conducting yourself you do not want to be providing gifts in return for favor you do not want to be asking for permission to exercise a constitutional right it goes hand in hand against each other and for you to be doing so provides weight or it provides what's the word it normalizes that behavior and therefore what is truly the supreme law in the country is it the traditions of old the constitution of new or is it what our whoever is in power whoever is the leader defines it to be there's a difference people in the country seem to think and most people but that's the thing it makes me realize consistently that i am out of touch with how mo- the majority of south africa think because i don't fit in the majority maybe a black man but i'm very well educated my whole family is very well educated something that i forgot to say earlier my father um who um dropped out of uh varsity when he was at forte and i wish i knew the detailed reasons for so but i think the major like and that's the thing it just i think i'll speak to my mom about it again but i've spoken to my dad about this and i can't remember the reasoning but i do remember that he went to work as a as a high school teacher 
math teacher at the time and then he ended up working for IBM and that was really what catapulted or what, what that was that was the opportunity afforded to him that really he took with both hands and here we are today but he was always an advocate of education not even an advocate he went back to school but he made sure that as his children we understood the importance of education that education is a tool or the ladder that you will pull yourselves further up by and even if you don't pull yourself up to he my father never ever and it's crazy how like my own life my own ambitions differed at least differed at at at, at my younger age i'm still young but he never spoke about money in the sense that it was the goal never he spoke about knowledge he spoke about experience he spoke about wisdom like money was not the thing and maybe that was as i've said there's good and bad maybe that wasn't the best way to raise but that's the thing i recognize that lack of understanding and it played out in my studies i wanted to know more about finance about money about the economy about i wanted to i had to because it was a big part of the lack of understanding or a lack of my understanding of the human experience but nonetheless education was a huge part a, 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 a measure of that is my mother went back to school my father went back to school all three of his children or their children are university graduates undergrad graduates at the minimum so i think on that sense he did well man i don't know why i drifted back here but i think it was the fact that highly educated at least in comparison to majority of south africa from looking at my um income it's above the median and I, i i think it is i could be wrong i could be wrong i think it's above the median um then i talk about the things that i i spoke about earlier the things that separate me in terms of mindset about like not worrying about my next meal certain things like that knowing like just knowing certain things are luxuries in my life like i know certain things are just like they luxuries I'm a fucking podcaster. <laughs> the luxury, bro. Uh, so, how do I speak or understand, begin to understand how the majority of South Africans look at our constitution, look at their leadership, look at our country? Because if you're looking at this, like as I was let me actually get back to quoting Helen Zilla because I want to remind myself of what she was saying because I have a base idea of it but she says here that the idea that people are born with inalienable rights that no one can take away from them and that elected leaders are there to protect and defend these rights is indeed a western thing in traditional societies the notion that the chief grant you favors if you seek his favor is far more prevalent and it is easy to see how this easily morphs into corruption the leader looks after his own making the idea of nepotism a very western thing as well jacob didn't understand all this and said so openly 
I will never forget him wondering out loud at an extended cabinet meeting how it was possible that judges could tell him what to do. I was elected, he said. Judges weren't. How come they are in a position to tell me what to do? It generally puzzled him. Now, I'm looking at it from an educator point of view. What the fuck do you mean, dog? This is how things are. This is how a society works. A civilized society. This is how we gain accountability. This is how we make sure that public funds are used for the good of the people. This is how we make sure that your powers are kept in check. And in his mind, and I'm speaking like, by the way, here's the disclaimer. Um, If I haven't said so yet, which I'm positive I haven't. None of this should be taken as the gospel this is just opinion based shit like if I get things wrong I get things wrong I'm not claiming to be the be all and end all of facts facts here anyway I need to come up with a like better like disclaimer that's like uniform that protects me (laughs) but yeah man like I like makes sense to me why these things are in place makes sense to most of you I'm sure who listen to this but Do you understand how there might be a disconnect in our culture, in our society? Whereas the majority of people actually think more on the lines of Zuma. And I'm not saying that they do. I'm just saying I'm disconnected. I wouldn't know. So when I see people who are hungry, who see somebody who they believe to be, and this is just one part of the looters, like I was saying, who seem to think that one, that they're, elected official who stepped down yes but to them ain't shit changed that's their chief he still lives in Ngandla he's still he's still he's still the man when he's sent to jail and his family rally behind him his supporters rally behind him you can see how to the uneducated minds a rally call this is a call for your help to take back power that was usurped from the rightful leader by somebody who like can you see how Zuma and and Ramaphosa like are two different sides of the same coin at least to me like Zuma is what you see is what you get and what you see is what you get corruption but at the same time he's more of a traditionalist and fits the role of an African leader far better he's far better suited to that role at least in the eyes and I'm uh, yet again I'm so disconnected from the majority of South Africa that I don't know if I'm speaking a fact here but it seems like he's more appealing to them whereas Ramaphosa appeals to the educated and let me rather say appealed to the educated South African but he's also lost a lot of his support because as people who tend to be hypocritical who tend to have lived a a life that isn't in tune with the words that they speak and yes I'm talking about Marikana because I went back on that again as I was going through all my I'm looking through all of these niggas and just seeing yo how we get ya bro how do we get ya how are you behaving like this? Should I have seen this coming? First off, don't get me twisted. I never 
for one second I was already jaded by the time Ramaphosa arrived where I was like we'll see nigga everything he said we'll see we'll see you're gonna root out corruption we'll see you're gonna build up the economy we'll see and yet again god damn it Mabena you proved me right disappointing not even disappointing because I didn't have high hopes but what I can say is I didn't think that he would fail to this degree and it just leaves me just wondering where do we go from here bro like it's a very simple to me I think my dad had it right and I think South Africa in, in, in our goals for I think Mbeki set up these goals and I could be wrong but education being the number one priority in the country in the bunding in the, in, not in the but in the budget in the fiscal spending education was the number one priority to get our people educated so that they can become contribute contributing members of society so that they can protect their own interests and they can build up their own economies the um the township economies the like you think about and i just have to shout this man out bro because the amount of pride i have in this man in tlantla in tlantla lux i like that is somebody that without a doubt in my mind i would follow i would follow as jaded as i am with our leadership in this country and with the potential for leadership in this country and i look at myself too because i would not be suited to lead yes i can take care of my own interests i can behave in a moral and 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 accountable way but i don't have the weight of the of the country looking at me i don't have and yet again i don't think i i would speak well for the country i am a very isolated portion of our country i'm not in tune with what the majority of south africans feel on a day-to-day maybe i just feel like that maybe i'm overcompensating for my privilege i don't know but yeah man i think we've got a hard road ahead of us and what i hope like my biggest hope out of all of this we grow to be more compassionate for the struggles and pains of our our fellow south africans because had we done that and had we truthfully not all this facebook and social media posturing where everyone's saying we're all together we're all in this together but people we're not we're literally not really aren't we haven't been it doesn't seem that way so i feel like until we correct that then things like this will continue happening and i think i'll end it on the on i'll end this on the idea that if we're going to loot which yet again there's many reasons why people are looting but if 
if we're looking to loot there are definitely people who have benefited from selling our country out that would be a great place to start because in actuality you wouldn't be looting you'd be taking back what's rightfully yours I'm a taxpaying member of society the taxes that are paid on my I understand it the taxes are meant for your benefit for those looting for those out of jobs for those out of those who cannot provide for their families those who, who my taxes are pay, paid for until you guys are sorted or good that's where the tax money should go and because it's not going to you if you go and take the looted tax money that we've that's been looted from us I ain't got no problem with that in fact I'd be mad happy because it's going to the people who were supposed to go to and yeah man I don't know I, I in terms of energy on this I think on that that topic I think I'm I'm done there was this, there was a topic I left last week that I wanted to speak about and you know it's way more of an upbeat topic anyway so I'll get to it on the next podcast we are heading into my favorite my favorite part of the podcast musical project of the week and to be honest like I've just been listening to a lot of house um, this week and as you can imagine house is really in album form <laughs> or project form um but if i'm if i'm just thinking along the lines of this this whole this week and just the ups and downs i felt emotionally and just mental well-being wise not saying that i'm afflicted by anything but i can be afflicted by you know symptoms without being diagnosed correct because i am not diagnosed but definitely feel like this week is and not even just this week this whole time during this pandemic there have been moments where they it's just and it's hard to get out of bed bro it's hard to get out of bed and you do it but you get back into bed at the end of the day and you're like jesus bro this whole day was a fucking grind bro like it was a fucking grind you don't feel accomplished you don't feel like it's like fuck back at it again tomorrow that's the thing bro I like what I do on most fronts why the fuck am I so that's what 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 hurts even more or what what causes even more despair like yo what you unhappy about what is it you can't put a pink finger on it and just a slight i'll just slightly touch on it but it's definitely a conversation for another day but it's a huge part of why i became sober because imagine having these mood swings of what i can without diagnosing myself but just they seem like like depressive episodes but imagine having those compounded with the highs and lows of drug and alcohol abuse Jesus Christ I was never gonna make it bro so at least at this point I can deal and sit with my pain and 
suffering. <laughs> it's real though, and I can look it in the face and try and figure out the shit out of the man. But anyway, the project that I'm definitely gonna listen to after this, just because I know, like, there's something about this man, bro. Lupe Fiasco, who like. I've got a trifecta of of rappers who I personally, me, Bobito, put at the pinnacle of the game for separate reasons. Now, my favorite rapper of all time is Mac Miller. My favorite. We'll get into that on another time. But yeah, that's my favorite. The best rapper of all time. For me, best at rapping, rapping, like, like the art of rhyming words in the most creative and intelligent patterns, to me at the very least, and just impact of words and schemes and just the ability to rap is Lupe Fiasco, and then the goat of all time which is everything included whether it be business whether it be actual rapping ability whether it be longevity all of that kind of stuff is jay-z and yet again jay-z will have his time on this podcast mac will have his time on this podcast but today we're speaking about lupe and we're not even going to go deep onto lupe but more so y'all should listen to drogas wave now it's one of those albums that's obviously because it's lupe a conceptual album it's very rooted in an idea and in a concept and I don't want to spoil it for you but a rolling theme in that album is revolution and how it looks and how how it could stem where it could stem from and I think I'll tell you this I think I listened to the album For the first time Maybe around two years ago And maybe towards the back end Of last year I really started Understanding what the album meant And what it like Like what was going on In this album And still Whenever I hear, listen to it To this day As Lupe albums tend to do I'm still finding New meanings New bars New references Or I've learned something new That makes something make sense and I find that kind of art just so rewarding. So rewarding. Especially because it has real weight and meaning behind it. That I feel like anybody who's feeling some of the same stuff that, I, that I've expressed feeling in this podcast. I think it would be a really great uh, place for you guys to start. Guys, we're approaching the end of the podcast. If you, if you still listen like up until this point like in this podcast i really fuck with you until the next time i bid you all adieu this was fucking fun i just want to say like maybe not fun but it was a necessary expulsion of emotions and feelings and thoughts that this podcast allows for me and to all of you who listened thank you until the next time i bid you adieu and i will see you soon